Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender at Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter. And it's uh, it's Tuesday, Tuesday, June 9th. And uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about baseball today, I guess. Right? Baseball. Right? What's on, What's going on? Anything you want in the YouTube chat. We're going to be heading into the summer. It's going to get quite boring. So I'm going to rely on you in the YouTube chat. You Any questions you got? This, this I mean, this is your forum in the morning, 11 o'clock Eastern. To join, the, to join in the YouTube chat. I know a lot of people listen on the podcast version. They watch later. I get it. I get it. People have lives. But it, it's up to, to you. To, you can show up in the morning, ask whatever you want. And I pretty much answer it. Now, if it's a stupid question, sometimes you'll get a little berated. Uh, and, and then I still answer it. But you're more than welcome to do so. Suki Singh, normally here early in the morning. Good morning, Suki. Matt Mears, Chris Ahrens, Trey. Hit that thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up. It helps us out. If you're not going to get Roto-Grinders Premium, like I'm always pitching, right? Get $10 off by clicking on the link in the description. Give us a thumbs up, right? It helps us out on the YouTube algorithm or whatever. It does. It maybe it, it helps you win your contests, right? Maybe it's a it's a karma thing if you do it. But yesterday, there's not there's nothing that could have saved me. Yesterday, yesterday was a train wreck. Yesterday was a tra- yesterday was a train wreck just to even start building lineups. We had a six game slate, and we had two games that who knows if they were even going to play, right? So I went in thinking that the, the, the Arizona-Cincinnati game, that that has almost no chance of finishing, even if it does start. And maybe I'll take a shot in the Texas-Cleveland game because that man, maybe maybe they get that one in. Maybe the rain holds, holds, holds north. So I built a whole bunch of lineups with Texas-Cleveland and then the Angels and the Red Sox in that the, the, the later game. And, uh, and then next thing you know, the Texas-Cleveland game is postponed. So now what do I do? Right, I'm only playing a couple of lineups, so it's not like it's I'm not playing 150 or anything. So I just I just pivot. I just say, okay, let me get rid of all my Texas and Cleveland and just like replace it with the. With, I'm just basically playing stacking the Angels Red Sox game, right, and then sprinkling pitchers. Right, I'm playing some Snell, some some Javier, some Carrasco, some Stripling, right. Throw it in there, some Ray, throw that in there. And that should be good, right? No, of course not, right? The 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 Boston the the, the Red Sox Angels game goes one nothing or two nothing or some it didn't matter didn't matter either way, and then Javier gets killed, Snell gets killed, Ray gets killed, uh, Stripling puts up a, a decent score, Carrasco puts up a decent score, and then uh, Hunter Green puts up forty in a complete game shutout because the game only lasted seven innings, uh, and uh, and then Michael Walker puts up thirty eight points. So, uh, so I, I think my, 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 my lineup in the 121 had, I think, I think a total of 19 points. I think 19, I think I scored 19 in the 121. I think I came in fifth to lad. It, do we have it up here? Do we have the single entry, the 121 up here? I don't think so. Right. But it, it was, it was bad. It was bad. At that point, it doesn't matter. I think there was 642 entries. I came in 637th or something. Does it make any difference if I just had one one off the money? No, it's still zero dollars. It still doesn't matter, right? But that's uh, that's what happened yesterday because the Blue Jays because the Blue Jays did well, right? So the so the the Blue Jays were chalky the chalky bats, but then Javier and Snell just uh, you know look you got a total of four and a half points from them if you play them together. So but the, these Red Sox and the Angels were a little bit underneath. The Blue Jays. That's pretty, pretty much why I was playing them. Then I knew the Blue Jays were chalk. I'm like, okay, so I'll just I'll just play a bunch of the Red Sox and, uh, and the Angels, and that didn't that did not go well, right? The Met the Mets did decently, right against Snell, right? If I if if if, if I had a little bit more time, right? If I wasn't already planning on playing a, a, you know these types of lineups, I may have like played one lineup against Snell, right? Because he was a forty-two percent owned pitcher, or the Mariners against Javier, right? That's if you were if you were aiming for maximum leverage. That's what you would have done yesterday. But I still don't think how I end on Michael Walker or Hunter Green, especially a pitcher in a game that I'm not even sure plays more than three innings. And they played that game very fast because Hunter Green was just getting out after out after out. I mean, just like swinging first pitches and stuff like that. 
So had had he had he had a higher pitch count, maybe the game wouldn't have even gone seven. But uh, that but that was yesterday. I mean, what was the winning lineup yesterday in the large field? Two hundred and ten points. Carrasco and Watson. So Hunter Green wasn't even in this lineup, and then just a whole bed a mess. It's a messy lineup. All right, we got the two, two, one, two. It's just whatever. Obviously, it's a small slate, so like. As long as you get the right, as long as you, as long as you get Eduardo Escobar at 44 points. Kyle Tucker, Julio Rodriguez, right. All you need is some loan stuff, right? You could you could survive a 32% on six for Springer, right? Go here, next lineup. Okay, here's a, here's a Met, Mets Astros. Okay, that's kind of makes sense. So Carrasco Green, you got three Astros, five Mets, and there you go, right? Because you got the Altuve home run, you got the Kyle Tucker home run. You got uh, you got Eduardo Escobar in there at six percent. You're good, right? Third place, Reds, Mets. Okay, so I mean, yeah, the the top lineup is kind of messy, but yeah, so five three with the Reds, the Reds, Mets here. Here's Blue Jays, Mets here. Here's Astros, Mets. Okay, so you have plenty, plenty of stacks up here, right? Here, here's uh, Mets, Blue Jays. Mets, Blue Jays, Astros, well, kind of a mix of Blue Jays. This is like a 4-2-2 lineup. Okay, so basically nothing that I had. The complete opposite of everything. Michael Walker was 15% owned. Weird to see. Hunter Green, 40 points. 40 points pitching, uh, pitching seven innings. Right, Slick says, Snell threw 40-plus pitches in the first. Yeah, I know. I was following on the MLB app. Right, he walked three guys in a row. And three guys in a row, I think two of them, he had 0-2. Like, it's like two outs, and he has two batters 0-2, and he ends up giving up three runs that inning. But that's, but that's Blake Snell, right? It's not like it's not like I love pitching yesterday. High variance pitchers. Blake Snell could go out and, and pitch six innings and strike out nine or ten. Or he could walk five guys. I mean, we had Robbie Ray yesterday. Same type of same types of pitchers. Sometimes you're on the right side. Sometimes you're in there on the wrong side. Today we got uh, what? We got twelve games. One, two. We got twelve. I think. We got a lot of games. A lot of games. And then the the Rangers Guardians game. This is going to be the second game in the doubleheader. Is there? T- okay. Or they they just didn't include it on the slate. I guess the doubleheader on DraftKings. I don't know what they're doing on FanDuel. We got a whole bunch of games today, but not that many high totals, right? Toronto, five. Right, kind of low. I mean, what, what's the pitching look like today? Probably pretty good. Oh, yeah, because we got good pitchers today. Verlander, Rodon, Kyle Wright, Alec Manoa, Scooble, Tyon, Kopech, Darvish, Suarez, Whitlock. Okay, there's decent pitchers today, right? And Jeffrey Springs and German Marquez, right? Kyle Bradish. There's some cheap pitchers to use. Okay, this is this is an interesting slate. Probably a little bit more interesting on DraftKings than on FanDuel. On FanDuel, you, you can only play one pitcher. But I could see on, on, on DraftKings mixing in some of these cheaper pitchers. Right? According to the bat, at least. I mean, I'm just I'm just this is the first look. First look, 1109 a.m. I have no idea. When Jeffrey Springs rates out as the best point per dollar. No, that's not a that's not a good sign. But you never know. But I mean, you wouldn't be playing Jeffrey Springs on FanDuel. There's no there's no need to play that those cheap pitchers. Like if we go over to FanDuel, let me let me bring up FanDuel. That's where I'm probably gonna play tonight. Typically on large slates, I play large field GPPs and I play where the, the payout structure is kind of better. And the fan the FanDuel payout structure today is is not as bad as it normally is. I took a look and it was thirty thousand a first for the seven dollar and seventy seven cent contest. So thirty thousand a first. I don't like the thirty thousand a first, ten thousand a second, but tenth place is a thousand bucks. A lot of times, tenth place is five hundred. In that same type of structure with thirty thousand a first, so that tenth place, man. I mean, the whole thing is that I I want to be able to at least show a profit on one lineup. If I play 150 lineups into a contest and I get it in the top 10 or something, right? I probably won't play 150. I'll probably play 100, $777 of worth of entries. 
So if I come in 10th place of one of the entries, okay. Obviously, I'm going to place with a whole bunch of other stuff as well. But when it's 500 bucks, when it's said, like, I don't want, I, I don't want my entire season to be relied on, like, did I get enough top five finishes versus top 10 finishes? So I like the flatter payout structures. I don't know what they're doing on DraftKings today. I'm going to suspect it's about the same as usual. I'm looking right now. This, this is contest selection. This is something that you should be doing. I mean, some people play both sites, right? I mean, I, I can't I can't focus on, on two sites at the same time. So, oh, 100,000 for, okay, so this is going to be a garbage payout structure. They're 15, yeah, this is this is awful. Yeah, 1,000 a thousand to 8th, 9th and 10th. But it's 100,000 to 1st, 25,000 to 2nd, 10,000 to 3rd, and 4th, and 5,000 to 4th for a $15 entry, which means 10th place is 1000 bucks. So, like, I would enter, what, 60 lineups into that? But still, I don't like 100000 a 1st, and then 4th place is 5000 bucks. At least on FanDuel, when it's 30000 a 5000 okay, that's 6 to 1. This is 20 to 1. So, I, I will most likely be playing on FanDuel tonight. So, let's take a look at FanDuel. So FanDuel, I'm going to go to the Bat X projections. Because what else are we doing on a Tuesday? What, what, what is there to do? I got no questions in the chat. If you want to talk about something specifically or anything, just, just throw it in the YouTube chat. All right, so we take a look at FanDuel. Right, yeah, Rodon is 9,900, and he's the highest point per dollar pitcher. Yeah, so like he's going to be super chalky. Right, but you like you don't have to play like this spring is even springs is even in a player pool eighty seven hundred dollars for springs yeah you're probably not playing him like Kyle Bradish is is sixty eight hundred like I'm not even sure you need to use these people like Cole Sands just like if we run just like the straight optimal not worried about stacks or anything get Rodon you go you get Dahl back here Acuna Otani Schwarber Tiosker. Okay, some cheap infielders. Baez is twenty four hundred, right? Like, imagine like if you if you were to play like who's the cheap Cole Sands, for instance, against the Yankees, a fifty five hundred dollar pitcher on on Fanduel. You ran this. You'd you basically be able to pay up everywhere for everyone. Like that's the that's the problem that that people don't think of. If you're going to play cheap pitchers on Fanduel. Like you need to set your salaries, your minimum salary to be much lower. Because you're not because what you're gonna do is especially if you're building like a hundred lineups or something, you're gonna go in and say, I want to on FanDuel, what you spend 35k. You go, I want any lineups that are 34, 5 or above, and are like four three ones or something, something like that. Like if you do that, you're going to get like Harper, Acuna, you're gonna get a 4K plus outfielder probably in every one of those lineups because in order to stack teams, you're going to get the most expensive players from that team. So let, let's do this as an example, just to show you, okay? If you were to play a Cole Sands, for instance, a cheap pitcher, replace that with whoever you want. It could, what, Ranger Suarez at 7,300, okay? But I want to use Cole Sands only because use the more exaggerative one, the $5,500 pitcher. So if I go in here and I'm like, okay, well, I'm also going to build four, four, like let's do the exaggerated version, build four, only four, four stacks. So there are no one-offs, right? Now, if you were to do this and just build the, like, what's the 20 best lineups like this, even with some unique, you know, three unique players between them, but just, it doesn't matter. Just whatever. Just let's get 20 lineups and it has to be four, four. Like you're going to get the two, you're going to get two expensive teams in your life. Like if you wanted to stack a cheap team and your build rules, right? If we look at the build rules, 34,000 is the floor that I have here. So at minimum spend 34,000 in salary. Like even leaving a thousand on the table, there's only so few teams that even make up 34,000 while using a $5,500 pitcher. So if you include these types of pitchers in your player pool, 
They're they're always gonna they're all, they're always gonna be paired with like the two most you're gonna have Blue Jays Astros in that in that lineup, right? So here here's the Red Sox. So we see here, thirty four six Cole Sands Phillies, Braves, and it's all these expensive players. You're not even getting any cheap players in here, right? Astros Phillies Red Sox with all these four K guys. Yeah, Bobby Dalbeck's two thousand, but you got mostly all four K guys here. Right, Blue Jays, Dodgers, Angels, because you have Otani and, and stuff in there. Like you're not going to get a cheap team because it's impossible if you leave your floor at thirty four thousand. So, for instance, let's just say, let's just say, what's a cheap what's a cheap team today on FanDuel? Baltimore, typically they're typically cheap, right? Let's say you wanted to stack Baltimore. Right, you have Odor. Let's say you want to play. I'll lock these guys in. Just Odor. And they're not like absurdly cheap. So let's say you lock in Odor, Mullins, Mancini, and Austin Hayes. These aren't like obscenely cheap guys. I mean, you have 3K, 2400, 3100, 2900. Okay, now you want to fill the other four spots with four players from the same team. Well, look at the average remaining player salary on this. It's thirty nine hundred. Is that's what the bread side? Like maybe, depending on the positions, you this is going to be like Devers, Bogarts, Martinez. I mean, I, I'm not even sure if you have the positions to even fill this in, and le- still leave a thousand on the table. Let me, let me build twenty lineups like this. Right? It, it, it doesn't. Even, it can't even do it. He's going to leave more than a thousand on the table to find a third base, a shortstop, and an outfield and a, and a utility player from any of the teams that use up the rest of the salary, even if you leave a thousand on the table that are all together. Now, once you set it to four three one, now that, now it gives you a lot a lot more flexibility because that utility player could be anything. So you could pay up for whoever. You could have Acuna as a one off. But this is what happens when you use the cheap pitchers. So even if you're building four three ones, like let's let's set let's go down and let's let's do that. Let's go, let's build four three one like this, and we're using a fairly cheap team. They're not even that cheap, the Orioles, right? I'm not even stacking. It's not like stacking twenty four hundred dollar guy. All of them are twenty four hundred. This is still three k twenty four hundred thirty one hundred twenty nine hundred. So now if I'm doing four threes, I try to build. I don't even know. It, I don't. It still may not even be able to do it, right? So let, let's let's uh, let's use let's use Baltimore. Let's fill out the infield slots more than than we have. Okay, so we have uh, make it a little bit easier. So let's fill in like Ramon Urias, Jorge Mateo, right? Where's who's second base? They don't even have okay Odor. But now look, look at the average remaining salary. I mean, we're not going to be able to fill this out at all. Catch your first baseman. Let's get an outfielder in there, Mullins. Average remaining player salary is forty-seven seventy-five. There's no way to fill this out. All right, we filled it. If we just hit optimize, just had one-offs, we'd be leaving 2500 on the table. Like just with the best one-offs, you'd be leaving money on the table. 2500 on the table. So if we go back to... The, the the one that we had before with Odar, Mullins, Mancini, and Hayes. We just filled it out with one-offs. Devers, Story, Acuna, Otani. You're leaving 1900 on the table. So if your salary floor is 34000 playing cheap pitchers, you're not going to get anything. And when you even lower it, the, the, the floor of the salary, minimum salary floor, you're going to be getting a lot of the same people. You're just gonna get. It's just gonna be pay up, pay up, pay up, pay up, pay up everywhere. Now, let's say one percent of the lineups have this picture in it. In a what forty thousand entry contest. So forty thousand entries. Let's go forty thousand entries times 0.01, 400. It's just, oh, there's only four hundred lineups that are playing Cole Sands or something. But most likely, those four hundred lineups are going to be using most of their salary. So if you're playing a lineup that uses most of their salary and Cole Sands, there's only so many combinations of them. 
you're playing the two most expensive teams together. Two most expensive teams plus the most expensive one. Even if you're doing 4-2-1-1 or something like that, you're probably going to be landing on the same exact people. So not only is playing are playing the cheap pitchers, unless they're like egregiously underpriced. I mean, if, if Carlos Rodon was 5,500, you'd still be playing, right? But it's a matter of that minimum salary floor. So if you're going to play a pitcher like Cole Sands, set your minimum salary floor like 40, uh, 30, 31,000. Be, be fine with leaving 4,000 on the table. Now it's a 12-game slate. There's a lot more pitchers that you could be playing that have higher ceilings than Cole Sands. So just it just when whenever you hear on Crunch Time or Grinders Live or even on this show, where like the cheap pitchers aren't really neat, like taking shots on the cheap pitchers on FanDuel, especially on larger slates, is almost unnecessary. Unless you think that one of them could outscore all of the other pitchers. You're more likely to get more. You're more likely to get more raw points from just a higher price pitcher, anyway. It's like, well, I'm not going to play Rodon. I'm not going to play Verlander. Like then, well, then play you Darvish. Play Tariq Skubal. Play Jose Quintana. Even. I mean, just you don't. You, Kyle Wright. Well, I'm, am I going to overpay for Kyle Wright? Well, his median projection on the bat is 30 points. Cole Sands' median projection is 21. Yes. He's half the price of him. But you could find bat you could find 2K batters, $2,400 batters, $2,700 batters that put up 20 points on FanDuel. Would you rather have that or paying up and only getting 14 points from Mike Trout, but not getting enough raw points out of Cole Sands? Cole Sands has a good game on FanDuel and has 36 points. Well, Kyle Wright could put up 50. And yes, for 10.5K, it's less point per dollar value, but it's more raw points. So that's the two, That's those are the two issues of using cheap pitchers on FanDuel. One, not enough raw points, typically. And number two, even if they have enough raw points, a lot of times you're, you're, you're unless you leave a ton of money on the table, you're going to be building very similar lineups to other people that have that pitcher in their life. Alex Santi asks, can you talk about making sure your one-offs are power hitters? Had a discussion about this in Discord yesterday. You don't have to. The numbers are the numbers, right? We have all the numbers already in here. If you want to play, if you want to play whatever hitter as a one-off you want, it's perfectly fine. Given the choice, this is this is the, this is the main this is the main thing to realize. Here we have a 12-game slate tonight. You could, you could make 150 lineups that are plus EV. And so could everyone in this chat, everyone in the YouTube chat could go and make 150 plus EV lineups. You could show them to me. You could show me all 150 of your lineups and I'd scroll through and go, okay, these look pretty good. And then go to the next person and look at their 150. And the way 150 doesn't even look like the first person's 150. And I look through and go, okay, these make sense. And then I could do that with, I don't know, 800 other people. You go through 800 other people's 150 lineup sets and look through and go, yep, these are pretty good. Yep, these are plus EV. Some look like others. Some don't look like others. Like you can make tens of thousands of them, okay? The differences between those tens of thousands a lot of times is marginal. They may have different distributions, right? You're gonna play. You're gonna play. Uh, you're gonna stack against uh, Rodon today and play some weird lineup, like that. Maybe plus EV it just doesn't cash that often, but it, it it comes in first once every blue moon, but enough so to be profitable. As opposed to kind of slightly off the board, but still kind of playing chalky-ish type of pictures, the second most ceiling stack and then a popular one-off. It's like. That doesn't hit first that often, but it hits the top. It hits the top 500 a lot, right? So it's plus EV. It does win every so often, but on very high scoring slates. So like the standard deviation of that lineup while being the same expected value, 
as the other as the the weirdo lineup like it's just lower right it's le- it's less risky so two lineups could have the same expected value and look completely different and have different distributions of their outcomes but the e- we're calculating expected value for like if you played this slate a million times right so that's what you're trying to do you're trying to build lineups like that so the differences between these lineups aren't necessarily that drastic right because the main things are the two main things are projection and ownership is the lineup too owned or too low projected once it becomes too owned it starts getting negative ev once it's too low projected then it's getting negative ev regardless of how low owned it is so you're trying to find that range in the middle that balance so if you're too off on your balance you're going to start building minus ev lineups either on the ownership side or on the projection side. So being that you could build on a 12-game slate, tens of thousands of lineups that have that balance, now it comes down to, okay, well, I could build 30,000 lineups, but I could only play 150 of them. Or I only want to play three of them, right? Some people only build three lineups. So how do you choose between them? without having any type of simulation process to know if one lineup is a slightly better than another lineup. Well, you'd come up with tiebreakers. So the type of thing of like having having a one-off being a, you know, a power hitter, to me is, is, is a tiebreaker. I'd rather have a higher standard deviation one-off than not. Does it mean I have to? No, of course I don't have to. But I have the luxury of the fact that I could build 15,000 plus EV lineups, right? So this lineup, let's say, put a dollar amount on it. I have one lineup that's a a dollar twenty nine EV, and the lineup right next to it is a dollar twenty eight EV. Where does the one cent difference come from? May it may come from well, the dollar twenty nine lineup has uh, has uh, Ramon Laureano. Or like, I'm just looking, I'm just looking at one has, okay, uh, as uh, a pallets, let's go to second base, just to, uh, one has Javier Baez as the, as the one-off, and the other one has Lurie Garcia as a one-off, right? And Javier Baez is a, more of a power hitter than Lurie Garcia, or Christian Arroyo, or Luis Rengifo, right? One lineup has 2,400 to spend, and one lineup as the one-off has Luis Ringifo, and that's a dollar twenty-eight, and the Javi Baez lineup is a dollar twenty-nine. Is that big? That big of a difference? No, it isn't that big of a difference. But if given the choice, right, being that I have ten thousand lineups to choose from, I'll choose. I'll choose the one that has the power hitting one-off that could get there in one in one swing of the bat. Because from a projection stand, the projection and ownership standpoint, the lineups are both equal to each other, or close enough. From a from a median, from a ceiling, from everything, from an ownership perspective, it's like so. What's what's the tiebreaker? Because I could only play one of the two. You can play both of them if you want, right? If you're playing a whole bunch. So to me, that there's no rules of you have to do this. You have to. It all depends on the lineup. You're building lineups. And if you have seven million to choose from, and they're marginally, you could rank them from one to seven million, but they're all within this range of like you could play any one fifty, and it probably doesn't matter, not that much. What's the tiebreaker? I talk about not using three outfielders from the same team on DraftKings because it locks out one-offs, especially on larger slates. Because then you can't have a one. There are more outfielders that could have a ceiling than any other position. Do you have to do that? No, of course not. I play I play lineups that have three outfielders from the same team all the time. Not as many of them. But if I have 7,000 lineups to choose from, I'm like, well, I'm only playing 100 of them. Well, what's a one way to, for me to get from 7,000 to 100? It's like, okay, tiebreaker time. Let me remove the ones that have three outfielders from the same team. Okay. Let me remove ones that have a, a not, don't have a power hitting one off. Okay. Let me remove those. Right. Those are still plus EV lineups. 
but it's just like they're not they're they're one cent less off than other liners maybe maybe that's the key word maybe <coughs> i say this all the time in mlb dfs <coughs> people make mlb dfs absurdly and unequivocally more complicated than what it is absurdly i mean absurd absurd i know it sounds weird but if you cannot make uh an mlb lineup if you're if you're going to build three lineups for tonight's slate three lineups let's maybe not one maybe not 20 maybe not 150 let's say you're someone that i'm going to build three lineups you should be able to should be able to build all three lineups you should be able to show up for the slate okay show up for the slate you have no idea you have literally you have no idea who's playing no idea what's going on right you're literally sitting right down let's say it's a 705 lock okay you should be able to if you if if your process is more complicated than being able to sit down at 702 p.m and creating three plus ev lineups then you're doing too much like i know i'm exaggerating to a little degree but i'm not by that much so if you're sitting there weighing this over that probably none of that matters i could look at this slate and i go okay let me take a look at some 431 lineups on fanduel right i could take a look at a tool like <coughs> slate iq right what what teams are overowned and underowned right what teams are high projected low projected i mean that's all you're doing right it's projection versus ownership i could run i could run a bunch of i could run i could run 20 of the top lineups or whatever to see how what the highest owned stuff is and then like knock that out and say okay i don't want those lineups set a number for the max ownership and then just run run 50 lineups and choose three from there or something i mean you could do something just as simple as that anything past there is diminishing returns so like for instance i'll sh- i'll show you i'll show you what i mean okay we don't have slate iq we're going to we're going to recreate slate iq we're going to just make it as up as an example so don't take if you listen to this later this is not like true information we're just going to act like it is Right, so I'm going to go into build rules, right? I take a look at uh, you know what, make sure FanDuel doesn't matter, right? I'm building three lineups, right? So use that example. I'm like, I need to build three lineups for FanDuel. Okay, do I want them all to be very similar to each other? Probably not, but uh, you know, get some uniqueness, three uniques or something or whatever. Okay, I'm going to go through here. I'm going to play. I'm going to see it's oh, it's a large slate. So, you know, on a smaller slate, maybe I do play 4-4. Four, four. Uh, I could play 4-4. Four, four, I could play 4-2. I could play any of these. But I only got three minutes to build, right? And it's more likely on a large slate, like 12 games, I'm going to lean towards 4-3 with a one-off. But you could say, oh, screw it. I'm going to play 4-4 four, four lineups. That's fine also. So I'm going to do four threes, right? 100%. <clears throat> and let's say I looked at whatever. Who's over-owned, who's under-owned? We have a FanDuel smash versus ownership tool, right? On DraftKings, we have Slate IQ. But let's just, let's just, you as an example, I don't know if this is true. I'm just going through, I'm just making it up. Let's say the the, the Tampa Bay Rays are, are, I think, are under-owned, right? So I think the Tampa Bay Rays are under-owned. Okay, and let's say I, I uh, got the Atlanta's over-owned. Maybe the Yankees are under-owned, okay? So I'm looking through them going, okay, what are the under-owned teams? <coughs> Maybe is Houston going to be under, under-owned? under Maybe Houston, I think, is under-owned. Maybe I pick out a couple of teams, okay? So I pick out one, two, three. Maybe I pick out four teams on this list, four, whatever. I go, okay, here, here are some under-owned teams. Maybe the Cubs against Braddish, <clears throat> maybe take them also, right? So here's a bunch of teams, 20, let's put 25% each. So I picked four teams. 
right? And I picked those teams based on looking at a tool of who do I think is the most under-owned, right? Under-owned versus their projection, right? Like, okay, those are the four teams I want to play, right? So I'm going to be playing four, three lineups of some combination of these four teams. So I put in these 25%, right? Because that's a quarter, right? So we get up to 100% each. I could get a one-off from anyone. I'm going to use the projections for pitchers, right? And I'm just going to build whatever, 20 lineups? I'm Because I'm, I'm looking to play three, right? There you go. Build 20 lineups. It could be five even. I take a look at this top one, 69%. I take a look at the optim, optimal, if I just played just whatever. 102.44 is the ownership. 102.44 at 139.46. So like this top lineup over here is 132 projection, 69% ownership. And I was like, okay, that's pretty good. I don't mind that, right? I don't want to get up to this 102 level. So like this this lineup that's 93%, maybe I want to get rid of, right? Because I want to, I want to, I want to, because I'm, I'm playing whatever, large field contest or whatever contest. So I'm going to get rid of, rid of that. So I want I want to get rid of anything under sixty nine oh two, right? Because because these lineups project lower and are higher owned. <coughs> so I'm going to get rid of anything that's sixty nine, and I want to find something that's under sixty nine. Here's a sixty two percent lineup. <coughs> Is there anything under sixty two? Seventy three, seventy one, seventy two. These I mean these aren't bad. And these are even aren't bad, right? 71. So these two lineups I like the most, right? So, and they're both Astros, Yankees. Now, assuming that I don't mind, you know, diversification or anything like that. And it's like, I don't mind having Yankees, Astros, and Patrick Wisdom. This one is Otani as a one-off, right? So maybe I save this. Here's a 62% owned lineup. But maybe, I, okay, maybe I want Raves, Braves. Right? Well, the Braves weren't one of the teams that I, that I selected, right? Here's Rays, Cubs. So here's a lineup that maybe I like. Rays, Cubs. Here's another Rays, Cubs lineup that projects for a little bit, that has a little bit lower ownership. So maybe I don't mind this lineup. This one has Otani. Taylor Wells, Patrick Wisdom, Nico Hornet. There's not that much different. This this one has Morell. This one has Ian Hack. Whatever. The difference between them is, is minimal. Here's another Rays Cubs lineup. Rays Cubs, Rays Cubs, Rays Cubs. So I, mean, I, I decide between these two. I'm going to play here. I'm going to play that lineup. I'm going to play this lineup. And there you go. Three lineups. I have a good enough projection for their ownership, right? Good enough. It's a little too high. Maybe I don't play this third lineup. I find a different lineup for that. There you go. I'm done. Those are my three lineups. Like what's so complicated about this process? Like this is the this is 95 plus percent of what you're doing. Like anything that's anything past that, anything else that you're doing is part of the extra, the last five percent. If you can't do this part, then there's nothing that more that you could do that could be better. You already have, but you, you if you Sign up for Roto-Grinders Premium. You already have projections, right? You have your own projections, or you get them from somewhere else, right? You get ownership projections and, and, and player projections. You, you're done. Let's say it's like, well, in my three lineups, I don't want to play Carlos Rodon in all three of them. Okay, well, pick the two lineups you want to play and then X out Carlos Rodon and build another 20, build another five lineups and see what they want. Pick one out that has a good projection versus for the versus ownership balance to it. Right. So if you don't want to play in all three of your lineups, you'll be building five lineups, right? It's the same thing. I chose, I chose teams that I thought were under owned versus projected and everything. And how do I draw them together? Right. I take a look at this ownership percentages and I go, okay, this is beautiful. And I can play these, I can play Astros plus Yankees at single digit owned with the highest owned pitcher on the slate, who's only going to be 26% based on our current projection. I think it'll be higher. I could do that. 
Or you could decide to like, no, I'm just going to load up on the chalky stacks and just X out Rodon and play three lineups without Rodon. Those lineups may have the same expected value as these. So you should be able to show up at 702. Obviously, this took me more than three minutes because I'm explaining it. But I could show up at 702 and do this. You're building one to three lineups or something like that. How, how long should it take you? I could go. Do we have it up? Do we have it up here? No, we don't have the fan duel stack leverage. Let me reload this. Right? I would you look at slate IQ for for dragging fan duel stack leverage team smash percentage and go, who has a higher percentage chance of smashing than their ownership's gonna be at that current moment? Obviously, the later you're building at seven o'clock, five minutes before lock, you're getting you're getting the most up-to-date numbers. And you look and you go, okay, this team, this team, this team, and this team. That's what I want to play. Maybe you want to mix in a hot, that oh, well, that, that, it's a cores game. Everyone's playing it, so it's negative leverage, but still it projects so high. And you're like, okay, I don't mind playing them as my three-man, but not as my primary stack. It's like, okay, you could do that too. You can make, that'll add an extra 10 seconds to your build time, making that strategic decision. Go, okay, let me take a look. I don't mind building some lineups that have some Rockies three-mans in them. So you put that into the stack section. You put that in the secondary stacks section for that and build a bunch of lineups. Build 20, you can build 20 lineups, you can build 300 lineups. Of course, if you build 300 lineups to sort through them and pick three out, it's going to take you much longer. But you could do that. If you want to start 10 minutes earlier, then do it that way. That This is MLB DFS. It's not complicated. This is, this is not complicated. And then the amount of lineups that are about equal to each other are vast, are so vast that any methodology that you're using that takes you more than God knows how long or whatever, it just makes no sense. It's not going to change anything. Uh, Alex Santi, how small does the slate have to be where you click 4-4 for FanDuel stacks? Well, I don't mind doing four fours for large slates anyway. FanDuel, you get me the correlation matters a little bit more because you get more points for runs and RBIs. It is what it like. You're at you're at you're asking a question that I'm going to I yell at other people for. Does it matter that much? There are some four four lineups that you can use or four three. Instead of doing four three one, I can go in here. Give me fifty percent of one and fifty percent of the other, and I'll choose between. I mean, like. These things do not matter. How many 4-4 lineups are plus EV on FanDuel tonight? I don't know, 37,000. How many uh, 4-3-1 lineups are plus EV on FanDuel tonight? 168,000. So yeah, there are more of them, but there's still third. You can still find three out of 37,000 4-4s that are plus EV. So like that's, it's, it's, it's the marbles in a jar example. Oh, there aren't like there are like you could build a lineup that is plus EV that is all one-offs. Okay. There aren't many of them, right? So finding them is hard. Be really hard to do. Very hard to do. So it's like having all these buckets. Like we have these these stack dump, you know, the construction types over here. This is for DraftKings. This 3X bucket has. 1.6 million lineups and 10,000 are plus EV. So if you're going to put your hand in the, in that bucket, a lot of them aren't. So like, unless you have a way of getting to the 10,000, you know, you have a 1.6 million red marbles and 10,000 blue marbles. Unless you have a way of finding those blue marbles, maybe just taking your hand and grabbing Whatever and seeing what comes out is not the best idea for doing three three x type lineups. Five x lineups, that's like having uh, a jar of re of marbles with uh, eight hundred thousand marbles in it, but five hundred thousand are blue. Right, so there's a lot there are a lot more plus EV lineups in there. So if I'm going to take my hand and just grab a whole bunch, I may get some red marbles that are negative EV but I'm more likely to get, get plenty of plus EV lines. That's the same thing. So like if, if you're just randomly just 
what's the well, how many what's the most amount of plus ev lineups that exist on on this slate large versus small on larger slates it's going to be going to be more one-offs the smaller slate is going to be more correlated right but that doesn't mean you have to play those lineups there's plenty of plus ev line they're better better lineups than the opposites of that the question comes in is can you find them if you could find them they're great play them they look fine. That's why I said you could build. I could just I could click on this on the Fandle one, and I could I could say I want twenty percent of this. I want twenty percent of that. I want I could click on everything and build three hundred lineups. And I I could do this all day. I could I could on this twelve game slate. I could spend the next fourteen months building plus EV lineups. It would take, and I would never sleep. And I would build three hundred sets of lineups and find. The two-man, one-man, the two, the, the three-man, the four-man, you couldn't do that. It would take you take you thousands of hours to do math. And you're going to find, you're going to say, okay, here are the 710,000 lineups that if I played this in this Fandle contest, based on what everyone else is playing, would show a problem. Okay, you could do that. Now, why would you bother doing that? Why would you need to find all 710,000 lineups? No. Pick four and good luck. That's it. There you go. You're, you're done. Uh, Metal Alloy 419, do you ever trim your player pool in MLB to avoid getting players like Ben Boom, Harrison, bottom of the order players as your one-up? No. Why do you have to? The numbers are the numbers. If they're projected for and owned, that's what does it matter? The names do not matter. If I had a choice between 7.3 trillion lineups and they were all almost equal, very, very close to each other, would I have one that has the one-off of Ben Boom at 2,100 versus the one-off of Dalbeck with a little bit more power, right? I choose the one with Dalbeck because it's probably a, a cent better. A cent, okay? A cent better. Let's put that into perspective. Ascent. Okay. So if you if you were to play that lineup over the over the, the Anthony Benmore or whatever the, what do you want to call it, Cole Tucker as a one-off, to realize the difference between those two lineups will take you about 46 lifetimes. Okay. To even have an effect on that one. Dude, like you wouldn't even notice right? You would literally not notice the difference until you hit about 46 lifetimes. And you, at, at 46, the end of 46 lifetimes, you would look in your pocket and go, wow, I got money. I got, I got a little, I got, I got an extra, I got an, a couple extra bucks for a bottle of bourbon. That's how you notice it after 46, 46 lifetimes. Okay. So the difference between those two, I keep on, I keep on stressing this point. The difference between the two is so negligible, is so negligible that every second that you spend considering it, you're wasting more and more time. Okay. So if it's something that you could tiebreaker and spend three seconds on, maybe is it worth the cent? It may not, it still may not even be worth it. But if you could spend three seconds on it, sure, go for it. Have a lineup that is one cent higher in expected value than, than, the, than the next line. Even though you could build 71,000 lineups that are close enough to each other. You could. So really it comes down to how much time are you spending? I, I know people that spend three hours on MLB lineups and I just don't even understand what they're doing. I don't understand how you could possibly spend that long. I'm, I'm talking about not building 150 lineups where you're balancing a diversification factor, right? You're doing, you're, doing, you're doing a little bit more stuff as, you know, you're trying to build a portfolio versus just, I'm looking to build one lineup, two lineups, three lineups. How long do you spend? Well, I started, I started four o'clock in the afternoon. So why? What are you doing that early? What, do you, what takes you three hours? Well, I got to look at this. I got to look at that. I got to look at this. And then the first thing I typically say is all the stuff that you're looking at is already in the projections. 
Do you have projections? Yes. Okay. So you don't have to look at any of that. So, well, then I got to look at the, at the, at, at this and this, and I got to look at the, the weather, the umpire, the end. That's it. That's all in projections. So why are you, why are you looking at that? But other than the obviously rain out risk, I'm not talking about like weather wind. I'm talking about that type of stuff. Like, well, that's already in projections also. Well, I also got to check to see what people are talking about and blah, blah, blah. So, well, that's in the ownership projections also, right? For the most part. So, so, so what are you looking at that for? So, well, then I got to look at the batting orders. Like, what, what is that? What well, none of them matters. If there's, if they're, if there's, if they're in the starting lineup, they're going to be in the lineup HQ. They're going to be in, why do you even have to look at that? It's like, well, I don't want to play seventh or eighth and ninth. Why? Their plate appearance expectation is going to be lower. It's already going to be factored into the projection. So why are you looking at that? I can keep on going. Keep on going down to stuff like why are you looking at? Why are you look? Why are you looking at it? Go to go to your projections. Build a whole bunch of lineups. Cut out the ones that are too high owned. Cut out the ones that are too low projected, and then pick one from in the middle of those. Said so, yeah, but there's and then they'll tell me it's like yeah, but I could. There's like hundreds of lineups like there. I go, no, actually, there's tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of lineups in that range. They go, well, how am I supposed to pick one? I said, uh, the way that you pick one, whatever methodology you use is most likely not going to be better than picking random. Okay. So if you built, let's say, let's say you did build 300 lineups that like you would have no problem playing. And you had to choose between one and 300 lines. If you went to random.org and put one to 300 and it came out 174 and you played whatever the 174th lineup is. If you did that versus whatever other methodology you use to determine which one of those 300 lineups you play, you're not going to beat the random way over a large sample size. So if that's the case, why are you spending time, right? This is the type of person that um, I look at the 300 lineups I could possibly play. And then I spend a half an hour eliminating this one, eliminating that one, eliminating this one. And then should I play this or this? And then asking someone a question and then like, dude, you could close your eyes, pick a random one and your results aren't going to change. So whatever methodology you're using to eliminate, you can eliminate for, based on, uh, I don't like people with the last name starting with an S. That's just as good, but with the random way, it, is equal so why are you spending that much time on it if you spend if you're spending three minutes on it and you got three minutes oh fine you're spending three hours on it that makes absolutely no sense you might as well just randomly just pick random lineups out there uh let's see uh joe adamo i'm sure this question is stupid but why sometimes does a guy with a high projection have a low plate iq rating because i don't i i don't know how plate iq is rating is done the play, play IQ rating has nothing to do with projecting baseball. So personally, I don't look at plate IQ at all. I don't look at any, I, like, I, I don't look at anything. You see, you see the, you see the number, you see the numbers in here? This is it. This is it. This is it. These are all, the only numbers I have ever looked at for Major League Baseball. I couldn't tell you what someone's ISO or WOBA or any, or I don't, Sierra for pictures. I, unless I just happen to see it on Twitter or someone mentioned it or something on a show, Jesus article or something. I've, I've no clue whatsoever. I don't know what the, the standings are. I don't know what teams are good. I can tell which teams are better than others, but I don't know what the, what the records are. I don't, I don't know any of that. That's, that's, that's what projections are for. They're, they're doing all that work for me. Anything I'd be looking at is already being counted in this, these numbers. So if that's true, why do I need to look at anything? Is the model, do you trust the model? It, it always comes down to that. Do you trust the model? The answer is yes. There's no reason to look at anything else. You are wasting your time. You're com completely and utterly wasting your time. I reinforce this over and over again. And you, you, know, you know why there's still an edge in DFS, I say, I, and I, I say this, you've heard me say this, you're regular on this show. I give away every single thing that I know. I'm a profit, I've been a profitable DFS player for seven, almost seven years. 
And I give away everything that I know. I do not hold literally anything back. I think the only, the only, I have to put a little asterisk there. I will not give you my exact ratings for my MMA fighters and my shows. That's only because then you could end up building pretty much the same lineups that I'm building. And it's a du- duplication issue. Uh, other than that, I, gi- I give you everything. So I, uh, just use these numbers. And I could tell you that from top players, they're doing the same thing. They're doing essentially the same thing. We have Daniel Hutchings in the chat. Doesn't even watch baseball. Doesn't even know baseball. All he's doing is taking the numbers, taking the numbers from Roto Grinders, coming up with a program to automate everything just based on those numbers and then spitting out lineups. And he's probably right. What is he looking at? Well, nothing. Do you trust the model? Yes. Here's the numbers. There you go. Make your lineups. End of story. There's nothing else to look at. And I say this, I'm telling you this 100% transparent. And the reason why there's still an edge in DFS, even with me telling you this, is because I'm looking through this chat and people still don't do it. People that watch this show regularly still don't do it. So 95% of the audience still won't do it. Even I, so I could just give away, I could give away the house. I could give away everything. This is exactly how you win at DFS. Here you go. And 95% will look at me and go, well, I don't think that's right. Okay, then don't do it. Feel great. Good luck. Thanks. Thanks for watching. Thanks for buying my course and then not doing it. They're not doing it. When people ask these types of questions, when they go, uh, do you care that much about batting order right in a stack? And I go, no. But why not? Wouldn't one be like, yes, the one, the one to two of the three is more correlative than when they're closer together. But by this much, you'd rather just all the batters on a team are correlated to each other. So the more important part is getting four or five of them in your lineup, regardless of when they're posi- where their batting line spot is. That's that's the priority. That's ninety nine percent of the way there. The extra one percent is uh, the gaps being a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, get a little bit more relation that way. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like a tiebreaker. That sounds like the type of thing if you had seven million lineups to choose from. You'd, you'd rat, and, and they're all equal. You'd rather play the ones that are you know, one, two, three, four, and one, two, three, seven. You know, like it doesn't matter that much. It gives you an extra an extra cent of EV or something at best. More concerning fact is having four or five guys from the same team. That's it. But do I really want to have seven, eight, nine? Why not? It's already in the, the plate appearance expectation is already in the projection, it's already counting it. So if the lineup makes sense, the lineup makes sense. End of story. Done. Play. Don't play. Close your eyes. Pick one of 300. This is MLB DFS. There's not much more than that. Joe Adamo asks, how psychotic is Cody Rhodes? And with a wrestling question? Well, I, I, I would be playing DFS with a torn pectoral muscle. Definitely wouldn't be wrestling. People have no idea what we're talking about. What does it matter? Hit that thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the notification bell. You know when we go live, we're gonna the grinders live is later today, right? They'll talk all about this 12 game MLB slate. I don't know if there's weather issues, I don't know what's going on. Uh, but but they'll be covering it and crunch time. Roth will be on crunch time. Crunch time is free. A lot of people don't realize that. It's uh, in the past, it's always been premium where we have grinders live and then the premium members who go and listen and watch crunch time. But FanDuel makes it, you know, they sponsor the show for the whole year. So right after in the same stream on YouTube, you could watch crunch time. We watch Grinders Live and then Crunch. You should do that. You click on the notification bell. And and all the all the concepts that I talk about, like when we were talking before about projection versus ownership, all that type of stuff, that's in the theory of daily fantasy sports. That's in my course. It's a 15-hour audio masterclass. How to think like a professional DFS player. Like all that type of stuff. How to play that way. All the concepts. And it applies to all sports. So if you, if you want a structured education of that, I talk about this stuff all the time on this show but unless you want to go through 500 hours of content to get every little piece in here and discussion point and everything it's gonna be tough you could do it i would suggest that's exactly what i would do but some people said oh well what i'm supposed to do spend 500 hours yeah do you want to get better that's what i that's what i did that's what i did in the beginning i spent i spent like 16 hours a day working on watching stuff reading stuff anything that i get studying csvs Right, I'm an I'm an obsessive type of person, but over the course of two or three years, you 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 really gain 
your skill goes dramatically up. And your profit does also. So if you want a little bit more structured education, go to theoryofdfs.com. And those types of concepts I was just talking about, just yelling at you, like, like dude, just projection, ownership, balance, the, the three levers of DFS, find the balance, find a ton of lineups in that range, especially in the higher variance the sport, the more eligible lineups there are. That's why MLB DFS is so easy. I put it in quotes. It's not, it's not easy to win but it's easy to build profitable lineups. The hardest part is realizing that hedge. It's realizing that. That's the hard part. And it's so varied. The easiest to just build good lineups. So go to theoryofdfs.com if you want to check that out. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. We'll be talking about this, uh, this fall game. Say, let's see what, what chaos goes on tonight. And, uh, and then I'll be back. Answering your DFS strategy questions like I always do on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. 